would to Daniel, <clears throat> excuse me, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. If you're using the, the Bibles there in the chairs, it's page uh, 524. Uh, Daniel chapter 1. Now, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I will be as brief as possible. How's that sound? Yeah, <clears throat> I I heard a I heard a, a pastor one time says you know when you see a pastor look at his watch, do you do you know what that means? Uh, it, no, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, <clears throat> no seriously, I'll I'll keep this brief. But I I you know earlier, I mentioned that I had asked Melanie and Ashley to sing, uh, the faithfulness matters, and the reason I did that is because. I, I love the, not only the song, but I love the title of the song because faithfulness does matter. And <clears throat> without faithfulness, you have apathy, discord, and division. You know, faithfulness matters in our church, in, in our church is. Faithfulness matters in, in our citizenship as, 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 as Americans. Faithfulness matters in our homes and our relationships. Faithfulness matters. Earlier also, I recognized a few individuals that have faithfully served the Lord in, in different capacities in our church and uh, <clears throat> without pay, uh, without, uh, uh, or well, with, I should say with very little recognition. But they've all been faithful, and and for that, uh, I and I and I hope you are too, very thankful. I want to quickly uh, talk about a Bible character that I believe embodies this idea of faithfulness, and that would be the the, the character of Daniel. Daniel exhibits incredible faithfulness. Uh, through his life of, of struggle and trials. Uh, the title of my message this morning is Faithfulness, Faithfulness Matters. I I'm sure you probably figured that out by now. <clears throat> but faithfulness matters. Steadfastness, firm commitment. Daniel, let's start reading. Well, before let, let me give you a little backstory on, on the book of Daniel or, or the the character of Daniel. Daniel was a <clears throat> uh, of royal descent uh, in the in the Hebrew nation of Israel. Uh, <clears throat> Daniel was uh, a prince, and <clears throat> what had happened was Babylon had captured Israel, and 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 over a period of years. They had gone and taken groups of Israelites and then taken them to Babylon. And Daniel was one of the ones that was taken to Babylon. And <clears throat> Daniel, uh, and we'll see here also, uh, was taken in a group of, of young men and that were of important families and political families. So these were not just your average Joe uh, kids that were taken. These were uh, smart, educated uh, young men that were taken to Babylon. 
and that they were uh, uh, indoctrinated into the pagan society of the Babylon, uh, the Babylonians. So <clears throat> having that little background, let's, let's start reading in verse 3 of chapter 1. The king spake unto uh, Ashapanaz, uh, uh, the, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes and the children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunningness and knowledge and understanding uh, science and such as the ability in them to stand in the king's palace <clears throat> uh, uh, and whom uh, might teach the learning the uh, the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So again, these were not your average Joe young men. These were men of education. They were they were uh, princes. They were they were men of oftentimes substance. Let's pray, dear Heavenly Father. As we look at the life of Daniel and and others, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. That you would encourage us in this idea of uh, being faithful. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, we ask that you just guide and direct in a very special way. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Faithfulness starts with commitment. Point number one this morning, commitment. Faithfulness starts with commitment. We see Daniel's uh, and, well, let, let's just read verses 6 and 7. Uh, now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So out of, out of these is identifying a group of young men that were taken out of Israel, brought into Babylon. Now, we do not know how many there were, but... We know throughout history that the Babylonians were, were instrumental in relocating thousands upon thousands of, of their captors. So this group that they brought out of Israel was probably into the thousands. <clears throat> but four of them are identified here. Daniel, uh, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah. <clears throat> Verse 7. Unto them the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah Shadrach, and unto Mishael uh, Meshach, and unto Azariah Abednego. So, if you're familiar with Bible stories, they, what is known as the three Hebrew children is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, those are their Babylonian names not their Hebrew names. Now, I, 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 had, I heard this quote, and it, and it, it just really stuck with me. <clears throat> they could change their names, but they couldn't change their character. See, that's what commitment does. See, when we are committed to something in our lives, then whatever's happening on the outside doesn't change who we are. And these, these, these young men were committed 
<clears throat> to doing right. Daniel and, the, and these three boys were committed to doing right. Commitment comes in different, different, different ways, different shapes and sizes. But one of the things that we need to be committed to as believers is we need to be committed to a purpose. Now get, get a hold of this, please, because this is really critical. We have to have a purpose to be committed to. Look at verse 8 of our passage. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which, it, the, the, which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel's purpose was to stay pure physically, emotionally, and spiritually. If, if Daniel had no purpose, then there was nothing to be committed to. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, this, this group. Now, now think about this, because this is, this is really important. Christians today want to blend in to society. Nobody, nobody wants to stand out. Now think about this. Daniel and his three friends were repatriated, I guess you would say, or they were brought from Israel to Babylon, brought into a pagan society and forced to indulge in that society. And these four men, out of hundreds, possibly thousands of others, said, no, we are committed to a purpose. And they were willing to be different. See, if we don't have a purpose to be committed to, <clears throat> then we will never be different in our lives. These young men were willing to stand and say, wait a minute, I'm going to be different. There's a bigger purpose than me. The second way that we can be committed is to a person. Not just to a purpose, but to a person. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, uh, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, kneeled upon his, his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he did aforetime. Daniel was more concerned about pleasing God than he was pleasing men. He was not only committed to a purpose of maintaining purity in his life, but he was also committed to the person of God. See, Daniel, <clears throat> the, the, the story in, in Daniel chapter 6 is that the king has signed a decree that if anybody bowed to a statue or to a god other than his image, that they would be killed immediately. And Daniel, after the signing was signed, Daniel committed himself to God as he did aforetime. See, Daniel was not committed to the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. He was committed to God. 
And way too often, we as believers today get our commitment all mixed up. Our, our commitment doesn't need to be to a man. It needs to be to God. Faithfulness matters. I have, through the years, these, these 10 years, heard many reasons why people cannot serve God. Oh, pastor, you don't want me to sing in the choir. You, my voice is horrible. Oh, I could never go out knocking on doors. I, I could never do that. Oh, I could never teach a class, or I could never do this, I could never do that. And, and the excuses just keep rolling and rolling. Why? Because oftentimes those things happen because we're not committed to the person of God. Moses stuttered. Did you know that? Moses had a speech impediment of some sort. Most theologians believe that he stuttered real bad. John Mark was rejected by Paul. Solomon was too rich. Abraham was too old. David was too young. Uh, Peter had a big mouth. Lazarus was dead, but God used him anyway. John was self-righteous. Naomi was a widow. Paul and Moses were, were both murderers. Paul was half blind. Noah ran from God. Gideon and Thomas both doubted God. Elijah had a nervous breakdown. John the Baptist was a loud know-it-all. Martha was a worrywart. And Moses had a short fuse. But... God used each and every one of them because they were committed to the person of God. See, our, 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 our shortcomings, if you would, are multiple and, 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 and widespread. We could, we could all come up with a lot of reasons why we can't serve God. But the reality is, if we don't, who will? In the book of 1 Samuel, there's an interesting story that oftentimes gets, gets bypassed. David and his 600 mighty men had fled to the land of the Philistines, and, which is the enemy, by the way, if you, hadn't, if you don't know your Bible. Uh, David and, the, and his 600 men flee to the land of the Philistines, and they, and they live in this city called Ziklag. Well, David and his men were, were gone, and while they were gone, uh, an enemy uh, army came in and, and, and burned Ziklag to the ground, took all of their wives and children captive, and carried them away. Well, when David and his 600 men came back and found their village destroyed and their families gone, David and his 600 men after they got themselves together, decided they were going to go after the 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 uh, the people that took their families, and they and they took off, and they they got to a a, a brook called Basor. I think that's the name. Of it. Hold on, let me. Um, uh, yeah, Basor. They get to this. They get to this brook, and two hundred of the six hundred men tell David, "Look, he's." They said, "We can't go any further." They prior to, to, to leaving Ziglag on this journey, they had already marched for three days. 
and they came, and, and now they get to this brook and there and 200 men say, "Look, we we just we can't go any further. We we need to rest." And David tells his his 200 men, he says, "You you 200 men stay here at the brook. You keep our stuff." <clears throat> they they only took what they needed, and the David and 400 men continued the the, the the journey on to retrieving their families. And David and his 400 men, they, they get to where they're going. They, they find their families. They have a great victory over the army. They get their families back. Plus, they take spoils from the, the, uh, the enemy. So now they're, they're coming back to the brook Basor. They get back to the brook, the 400 men, all their families, plus all... The, the 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 spoils that they had they had gotten and they get back to the brook and the, the a, a squabble takes place between the 200 that stayed behind and the 400 that went on and the 400 men did not feel like they should have to share the spoils with the other 200 men and I want to read you a verse here that oftentimes gets overlooked but is incredibly impactful. David steps in and solves the problem in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 23 and 24. Then said David, Ye shall not do so, my brethren, <clears throat> with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hands for who will hearken unto you in this matter but as his part is that goeth down to the battle so shall his part be excuse me that travaileth by the stuff they shall part alike what was david saying and this is important. Please get this because <clears throat> this is an important area that a lot of people struggle with. In, in essence, what David was saying is nobody can be equally strong, but everyone can be equally faithful. Just because the 200 men were, were physically exhausted didn't mean that they were any less faithful. They stayed and did as David commanded them to do. Now let's, let's translate that into 21st century America. I think what David is, would say to us today is, you know what? Each of us has different talents and abilities. And we all can't do the same things. But we can all be faithful to what God has given us to do. That, I believe, is the message in those two verses. Each of us have been given different talents and abilities. There are some people here that know computers. I am not one of those people. May I amen to that? Commitment. What are you committed to? Point number two, not only do we need to be committed, but we need to be consistent. Consistency. 
In Daniel chapter 6, look at verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him in uh, to the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. The king saw the consistency in Daniel's life. The king saw it. And and Daniel's life was a life of consistency. Now, did Daniel live a perfect life? No, he didn't. But he lived a consistent life. And consistency is a key that we all need when life is closing in on us and life is starting to fall apart, which we all experience. That is when consistency pays off. Charles Spurgeon wrote this, A man's life is always more uh, uh, forcible than his speech. When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds to be dollars and his words to be pennies. What, What is Spurgeon saying? Our actions far outweigh our words. In other words, people are watching us, and if we are inconsistent in our life, it will reflect in everything that we say. You can say, I love Jesus, but if you don't, if you don't live that way, people are going to see the hypocrisy. And Daniel's life was such that even the king saw the consistency in his life. Even the three Hebrew children... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, we see this same consistency in Daniel 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful uh, to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. See, even they lived a life of consistency. They had, they had decided before the, the situation ever arose that they were going to stand for right. Consistency. Number three. And this is, this is going to be a very, very short point because it's, it's self-explanatory. And that is, there's a cost. It's self-explanatory. If you're going to uh, be committed, if you're going to be consistent in your life, it's going to cost you. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, it cost them. It cost them friends, I'm sure. It cost them uh, freedom. It costs them privileges. It it costs them opportunities. It is self-explanatory. If we are going to live for God, if if faithfulness matters, is important to you, then it's going to cost you something. Every day. day. But, point number four. I told you this is going to be a quick sermon. Point number four, and and I'm done. There's a reward. There is a reward. Actually, there's multiple rewards. Again, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 says, Now uh, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and 
uh, his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he did a four-time. Reward number one, contentment. When we are faithful, when we are committed, consistent, and, and, and willing to pay the cost, the reward that we get is, is contentment. Daniel was content in his heart. He, he knew that the law was signed, but he had all of the peace and contentment because he was willing to do the right thing. The second reward that we get is protection. Contentment and protection. In Daniel chapter 6, verses 19 to 22, Then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste into the uh, den of lions. And <clears throat> excuse me. And when he came uh, uh, to the den, he cried with a lamented, uh, lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, Daniel, O king, O Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. I don't know that I would have said that. <laughs> I'm just saying. My God has sent his angel and has shut the, 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 the lions' mouths then they have not, uh, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him uh, innocently uh, was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Protection. Now, I, I don't know. You know, you can ask my mom and dad. <clears throat> I have a, a, a wild imagination. Have I always? Yeah, I thought so. <clears throat> now, I don't know what happened in that den of lions. Now, now I want to make one thing perfectly clear. Those of you that grew up going to Sunday school, uh, usually it's, it, it, they only show one lion in the den. Uh, the, the truth is it's multiple lions. It is the den of lions with an S, plural. Okay, it's, it's probably a half dozen lions <clears throat> that were starved to death. And then they, what they would do is they would throw a person into the den and cut these these hungry, starving lions loose. Now, again, I don't know what happened, but I just kind of see Daniel telling one of the lions, okay, here, you lay down right here. I'm going to use you as a pillow. Laying, laying down, using a lion as a pillow, and just having a good night's sleep. Why? Because his faith was in God. His commitment was in, it was in the Father. His worry was not a, on these lions. The, the king here was more worried than Daniel was. Contentment, protection, and then finally, the third reward that we get when we're committed is provision. Daniel chapter 6, verse 28. So this Daniel <clears throat> prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus uh, the Persian. Daniel would become, he would go on to become 
the second most powerful man in the, on the entire face of the earth. Why? Because the king liked him? I don't believe so. I believe it was because the hand of God was on Daniel. And the hand of God was on Daniel because Daniel was willing to be committed. He was willing to be faithful. I'm here to tell you, if Grace Baptist Church is going to continue to be a shining light in the dark world, it is only going to be because we as members of Grace Baptist Church understand the importance of remaining faithful, being committed, consistent, and being willing to pay the cost. That's the only way Grace Baptist Church is going to continue. All because faithfulness matters. It was no accident that I heard this song and God stirred my heart with it. Faithfulness matters. And as I have looked back over the last 10 years, I have seen that phrase become real in the lives of many of us in this room. Regardless of whether you were recognized or not this morning, literally, the faithfulness that has made this church what it is is an incredible thing. And I am proud to be a part of it. But the reality is, if it's going to continue, if we're going to be standing here in 10 years praising God for the last 20 years, it's only going to be because we stayed faithful. Let me ask you in closing, what are you committed to? Do you have a purpose? Do you have a person that you're committed to? Or do you just kind of ramble through life and, and, and just kind of let life toss you around and, and, and allow life to dictate to you what is important? Or are you committed? Are you consistent in your life? If, is what is important today, is it important tomorrow? Is it important the next day? consistency in our life that is probably one of the hardest characteristics any of us can ever exhibit is consistency it is easy to be inconsistent it's easy to be inconsistent it takes character to be consistent and then finally are you are you willing to pay the cost because it'll cost you something. But the rewards are far beyond, far beyond what we could imagine. Let's pray.